0: Hey everybody, John Huber here from the Maryland Education Network, brought to you by Maryland K-12. Today I'm going to uh, uh, wander into the podcast world. I thought it'd just be an opportunity for me to stretch out a little bit and kind of dive deeper into some of the subjects that I like to talk about in you know, all my videos on the websites and whatnot um so you know you can only do so many of those things <clears throat> excuse me so many of those things um those videos three to five minutes people just stop watching so i thought i'd do a little little podcast here um you know the opportunity for you to you know if you have if you like what i have to say you can always um uh, you know stick it in the car or you listen to it on the way to and from work or or you know later at night at home after the kids are bed you can you know sit down and listen to what i have to say And um and give me a chance to kind of dive into some of these topics a little bit. Um the 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 um so that well in a, in a sense that's why I'm going to start working on these podcasts. So this is the very first one. This is <laughs> season 1 episode 1. Um and here we go. And and the first question is always well what are you going to what are you going to cover with topic is it? Um I I thought a lot about it like how do I want to start and when I talk to people their biggest concern about k-12 education whether it be in the state of Maryland or any other state is school safety school safety student discipline kind of interrelated but in a sense it's two different things school when we talk about school safety and that's what I'm going to be talking about today we are talking about um, essentially there's two types of, of threats, if you will, two types of sources of harm. There's internal and there's external. I think that pretty much goes, um, goes without saying. Obviously, internal, you're talking about a, a student um, who is intent on doing harm, either to another specific student or a student in the school who just wants to do as harm to as many people as possible. Um, I'm not going to get into all the politics of, of, of the gun legislation, all that stuff. I'm going to strictly talk about the school part of it. Um, <clears throat> when, it when it comes to... And part of the thing I want to do is, is kind of give you a, a look on the inside about what's going on in the school. And the, the first example, and I mentioned this in some of my videos, the first example we have is in this um, most recent... recent um, shooting out in Texas in Uvalde Um, if you're not familiar with it uh, essentially a a, a crazed gunman went into school and started shooting people up that's that's in a nutshell as as horrible as that is and they talk about how he how did he get in the door he got in the door or how to get in the building he got in the building through an unlocked door so when I talk about school safety this kind of stuff I'm talking about the first question is well why was that door unlocked well the door was unlocked because of complacency Um, I don't know all the specifics, but I can tell you if you go to just a, well, they're probably locked now, but I bet on that given day, you could have went to many, many schools across their country and there were probably doors that were unlocked. Then once he got in, then what? Then how did he get in the classroom? He got in the classroom by going through an unlocked door. And if you looked at their, and I mentioned this in one of my videos, you know, if you looked at the Uvalde system's policies, it's very clear. Teachers will leave their doors locked all the time, under no circumstances should they be unlocked. And in this case, this door was unlocked. The teacher was going to the door to lock it because, you know, all hell was, was breaking loose. She runs to the door, the gunman beats her to the door and says good night or something of that nature, shoots the teacher, goes in the room, shuts the door behind him, and then starts killing everybody in the room. So, why was the door unlocked? The door was unlocked because of complacency. The teacher probably had it open for whatever reason. Um, and then it just, you know, this kind of thing happens everywhere. I can tell you. Of dozens and dozens of times we used to have these lockdown drills when we still used to do lockdowns we would be doing a drill lockdown we would run around and, and have to not half but there were a lot of the doors we would go grab and the doors would open and I go in and ask it well why is the door open oh you know I left my keys home today I didn't know we were gonna have a drill today you know this kind of stuff it goes on all the time so the the, the idea that we are going to somehow regulate schools and teachers into these um, policies to prevent this from happening is just not going to happen in, in my opinion um, one of the reasons is, is this as I mentioned you have internal threats you have external threats the internal threats are there they're all there the, the gunman in the Florida shooting um, just went in there and started shooting people and he was already in the school and the same thing the, the one in Detroit or um, it was in um, I don't know if it was in Detroit it was in Michigan somewhere um, and the, um, the the kid was was actually called down to the guidance office and the guidance counselor met with the kid and the guidance and the kid convinced the guidance counselor that all was fine and she sent them back to class and there's a little bit more involved than that, but that's pretty much what happened. The kid goes back to class and later that day goes around and starts shooting people up. So there are tons and tons of threats. Make that tons and tons, but it, it happens. It happens all the time. And from the inside of the school building, I'm just not sure what we can do. Um, I would love to hear some, some comments because, and then when you talk about, well, we need to put metal detectors at the doors and all that, people don't want that. Because they don't want their kids living in a society where we have to, um, you know, put metal detectors at at doors. And everyone thinks, well, this would never happen in in my school. (laughs) Yes, it will. It can. It can happen in in your school. The odds are pretty far out there. The odds are pretty clear that it's probably not going to happen in your school. But it, it, it very, very well could. So when we talk about school safety, these are the kinds of things that we're talking about. And if you want to give it a go, wait until the first day of school next year and go to your child's school. Go up and hit the buzzer and tell her you want to uh, you know, come to the school and you want to come to the office and you have a question, you want to talk to the principal and talk to the assistant principal, um, tell them to come to pick your child up, you know, whatever. They may ask a few questions, what's your name, blah, 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 who's your, who's your kid, whatnot. And You say, okay, come on in, Mr. Jones, and they're going to hit the buzzer, and you go walk through the door, and you're in the school. It happens all the time. I have spent 30 years in these schools, and I have been in many, many, many schools. Some schools are a little tighter on security than others, but the bottom line is anybody um, with a little ingenuity can get into these schools without too much trouble. So when, when parents talk about school safety, that's the kind of thing that they're worried about. They're worried about external threats and in some cases internal threats. And it is a legitimate concern for any parent of a child in any school. I'm not so sure what the answer is. Um, we can do all we want and put signs up saying this is a gun-free zone, etc., etc. And it's, it's like the genie's out of the bottle. Um, and there's there's not there, there are a lot of guns out there, whether you think that's a good thing or whether you think that's a bad thing. It's just the truth. There are a lot of guns out there, and there's just I'm just not sure what we can do about it. Um, other than the things that these... Um, schools have done and they have these policies these strict policies of you have to be in the classroom you have to shut the door you have to keep the door locked you have to have someone at the door have an SRO at the door for the external threats I think the the, the issue in the Vivaldi shooting was was simply just out of complacency and it was just a, a a collision, a series of, of events that all unfolded. It's kinda of like an airplane crash. You know, there's never one specific thing that causes it. It's it's a series of events that um, you know, gets gets started for whatever reason and, and anything in that chain will can break that event. And unfortunately in this case nothing did break that event. Then, as far as Uvalde goes, um, you, you look at the situation down there and you wonder what in the world were these cops doing? You know, um, essentially, they did, they just didn't go in, and um, it's 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 one of two. It's either gross negligence or or, or you know gross incompetence, or it's cowardice. Uh, and I'm not sure which one. And there's kind of a, a fight back and forth. But in, in either case, it's 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 either gross incompetence or it's cowardice. If you're not familiar with that, apparently the, the shooter went in, was in this uh, room with kids for almost 45 minutes while they're in their dying, And um, and the door locks, the door opened to the inside. It swung in and it didn't swing out. And that was um, that was part of the issue. They, they could not um, get the door open. And they had to because they had to, find and they to, to bring them keys and Oh, God! And um you know, God help anybody who's involved in that in, in any shape uh, any way, shape or form, whatever your thoughts are on the on the police, where they acted in that situation, you just have to just temper it with a little bit of compassion and understand what these people were up against. Now I know that the the cops that that's what they sign up for, and if you're not ready to go kicking in the door, and um, go after this guy at risking your own life. Well, then you don't belong wearing that uniform. Uh that's, that's the way I say it. Um, as far as school safety goes, it, it goes back to in the state of Maryland and, and others. It goes back to, like I said before, those policies of keeping your school safe by virtue of creating a a system of accountabilities that is maintained day in and day out that's the hard part the day after that uvalde shooting i'm sure things were very tight and i'm sure a million and one emails went out saying in the after in in the uh you know, in, in the because of the aftermath, or, the, or the, I forget how they used to word them, but it would say, um, in light of the Uvalde shooting, please reiterate. They we would get these as an administrator, we would get them say, uh, in the light of this, uh, blah blah blah. Please reiter- reiterate the uh, the need for making sure the doors are locked, and and the um, every school has a system to buzz people in, and it's a system where you come to. Um, where you come to the front office and, and they, they ask you for a license or some kind of identification and then they scan it um, and then they give you a little sticker. And, and those things are, they're, they're scanned against, um, um, they're, they, they were originally worried about child, of, uh, child sex offenders, those sorts of things. That's the reason that, that those systems came into place. Like if you were on the child sex offender list and you went up to the school and you, even if you had a child there and said, I, "I need to come in and see my, you know, you know, whatever," and they say, "Come on in," they would scan your th- your um, license, and it would it would dumb flag it, and it would say um, that you're on a, s- a school, um, you're on the sex offender registry. And I've had to deal with that a few times over the years when I'm in my office and, and there was like an internal type of uh, notification that would go out. You know, I mean, the, it's not like the lights would start flashing and, and sirens were going off, but you would get instant notification as an administrator, through <laughs> text messages, you know, emails. You know, um, what do they call it? The email that goes straight through forced email or, or whatnot, um, pushed, it would, it would push it straight through and it would, it would pop up and say, hey, there's, there's an issue in the office, you need to get there right away and we come in and we we find out what the what the story was but so these are the things that we're talking about school safety um i i'm just not sure there's there's a lot we can do about that other than enforcing the policies that are already there and this is probably one of my big things about education is i believe there's a knee-jerk reaction that everybody wants to uh, react to some type of a situation, and they want to make it like we—we we want to create a policy to fix it. That doesn't always work, and it's the same thing with the government. Whenever something goes wrong, politicians is don't going to be started on them. But uh, you know, the first thing they want to do is they want to pass some kind of a law to what they think will prevent it. Um, there's no need to pass any laws or there's no need to create new policies because every policy to prevent something like that is already on paper and it is already in place it's just a matter of enforcing the policies that um, that we already have in Uvalde they had policies in effect those doors should have been locked the teacher should have had the doors locked um i don't know what the policies and what the what the um, protocols are on the part of the law enforcement because i don't know a lot about that but something tells me that wasn't it so this was a failure on all parts in the michigan shooting um where the kid went to the guidance office there were policies that were in effect there the school um i can tell you in in maryland there's there's a lot of policies that um that counselors have administrators have that i had Um, about threat assessments and and, um, you know that sort of thing and they are there, they are on paper, they are in place they just need to be followed and the problem becomes complacency. Um, There's nothing that could possibly go on in these, or that went on in any of these shootings that was not a violation of some policy on the part of the school system. speaking of the uh, school shootings and these sorts of things there is a report i'm going to put it up on my um on my website uh, from the gao the gao is the government accountabilities office came out in june 20 june 2020 k-12 education characteristics of school shooting and like any other government documented it's way too long it's about 58 pages um and yeah (laughs) i read the whole thing but the, the the good core stuff is right up at the front there's some statistics and I'll kind of briefly tell you um, a little bit about what they're saying some of the statistics um, as far as the kind of school shootings they're saying about thirty one percent there were total school shootings were three hundred and eighteen um, and the first thing is, well, what's a school shooting? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I could go into how they defined it, but pretty much any kind of a, of a discharge of a firearm, I think, in a through K-12 school, they pretty much counted. Um, they're saying 31% were dispute-related, where there's some kind of an argument or dispute between two people and one person is generally sh- shooting another. Um, conflict, fight, including gang-related violence and all this sort of stuff. That was 31%. Um, the next highest one was 16%, which was accidental. And then you get into 14%, which were targeted, um, school targeted, meaning that generally speaking, the shooter was targeting the school, um, specific students or staff, that sort of thing. And then 11% were suicide attempted, where they tried to, students tried to kill him or herself, or maybe even did kill him or herself. And there's a variety of others. So as far as motivations and and the types of of school shootings, the majority of them are dispute-related, and then the rest have to do with targeting of specific individuals. Um, Now, who were the shooters? There's a stereotype of, you know, the white kids in, in the suburban areas who do the shooting, and, you know, stereotypes don't come from nowhere because in most cases, those types of school shootings that's usually who the offender is um, but what they're saying is that almost half of them 49% that were either students or former students okay and then there's a variety of one like police officers were um, 4% were police officers and then I guess they would count them or maybe they were discharging a firearm in, in, um, in, the, in, the, um, in the course of their duties Four percent were teachers and staff, parents, relatives, etc. There's a lot of other. Twelve um, percent were no relation, and you know, 19 percent were unknown. Um, so there, it's quite interesting. Um, location and the type of location. Sixty-one percent were outside of the school building. So these are the ones you hear about. You know, at the bus loop, and the, and the, and the and there was one in Catonsville, not too long ago, um, outside of the school. Uh, building during dismissal during you know morning entry morning arrival that sort of thing and then 39 percent were inside of the the um, school building so that's a, a little brief uh, little break in. and I'll put this full report off my website if you want to take a look at it and you know just just to kind of wrap up the bottom line is um, just want to talk a little bit about these school shootings anybody who goes on any TV show or any network anywhere and says that they have the answers to do this and to do that. They're, they're, they're crazy. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but what I can tell you what's the best thing school systems, I believe, can do is to enforce the policies they have on the books now. Do what's already there. If you look at Uvalde's, um, the Uvalde systems procedures, there were plenty of things on the books that they should have done and they should have been doing and they didn't do and it cost them. And I can assure you that come this fall, when the school, when the school system is open, there's going to be problems. And or, I mean, there's maybe not anything like this. We hope, but you never know. And if you do, you're going to when they get to the bottom of it, they're going to go back and they go, oh, well, this door was open, that door was open, um, teacher didn't lock his or what about substitutes? That's another thing people um and i can tell you this in some of these old buildings the keys to the the keys to these rooms um are like a big bucket of of mismatched re-keyed over keyed things in half the schools don't even have keys to these doors anymore some of them are old and the strike plates don't line up and and it's just it's a mess so um i can tell you from first-hand experience we would have these i mentioned before we'd have these drills and you go around half the not half you know a lot of teachers couldn't lock their uh couldn't even lock their doors so anyway i i hope this is uh of interest to you uh might have been kind of boring and that's fine but um if your biggest concern is school shooting school safety that kind of stuff then um you might want to um keep on top of your schools look at what what i would here's what i would highly recommend you do look at your school's website find out what their procedures are find out what the in in most cases these come from the county these are district level procedures find out what their protocols are about teachers about locking your doors that sort of thing get the doors locked have it you know make sure that they're done and anytime you're in there and you're just walking by a classroom reach up and grab a door and go to open it and if it opens and it's against your policy turn around go right back to the office go to the principal and say I just walked by room number 14 that door is unlocked you know and they'll go oh we're sorry mr. Jones you know that's that's uh, there's a substitute in there today or, or that was mr. that was mr. Smith's room and you know sometimes he's a little forgetful we'll make sure we'll remind you next time okay but so you you want to be vigilant here's another thing you might want to consider doing right get certified as a substitute teacher very easy to do you know fill out a couple of forms you know get a little background check with a fingerprint whatever they recall whatever they require take a day off of work maybe once a month take a vacation day and sign up and go down and substitute in your school and see from the inside yourself what's going on in that school i highly encourage it i'm not here to try and suggest there's anything wrong going on but i think that um, the more you know the, the 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 better you might feel so anyway um, I hope this helps and if you have any um, questions comments I want to hear from you if you have here's the big thing if you have any individual personal experiences that you would like to share with me or with if you want I would love to do some interviewing bring some people on have you talk and do it all virtual of course from from your house you just uh, get in touch with me and uh, we'll, we'll go from there I want to hear from as many different people if you have any ideas and comments on this particular topic then I hope to hear from you so Thank you very much for uh, tuning in to Episode 1, Season 1, or whatever you want to call it. This is uh, John Huber with the Maryland Education Network, brought to you by Maryland K-12. Thanks, and have a great day.